0: Thanks to Mama May for supporting Mama on a Mission, a solution for busy, time poor working mums who want nutritional organic food for their baby and toddler delivered frozen to their door. This has honestly been a lifesaver for me. As a very busy mum running a business and juggling all the plates, I know that you feel me on this, I am too tired to cook. So no more stressing or worrying about meal times. This subscription service is every working mama's dream. I promise. Get your twenty-five percent off your first three Mama Made boxes with the exclusive code only on this podcast, Mama Mission Twenty Five. I will leave the link in the show notes. You're listening to Mama on a Mission. Everyone, and welcome to the Mummer on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Jonesy, certified positive psychology coach, business mentor, and mum. I thought I ruined my life when I had a baby. After a traumatic 90 hour labour and struggling through a very messy start to motherhood with postnatal depression, I lost my mind, identity, confidence, and I hated my postpartum body. Now I adore being a mum and I'm more motivated than ever. I've built a successful business that gives me the freedom and flexibility to be with my family and I set up this podcast to help mums not feel alone in their struggles. I am a mummer on a mission to imperfectly empower mums postpartum and beyond. My goal is to help one million mums improve their mental health, shift their mindset, get body confident and reach their goals without the mum guilt. Together on this show we are going to redefine what it means to be a working mum in the modern world whether you're looking to build a side hustle, make money online or pivot in careers this is your non-judgmental mum club that helps you grow in every area of your life because taking care of you is taking care of your kids too. Now let's dive in. Hi, everyone. I am very excited to kick off season three with an amazing female founder, Sophie Barron. She is the founder of Mama Maid, and this is the solution for busy, time poor, working mums who want nutritional, organic, plant-based food for their baby and toddler and delivered to your door. This has literally been a lifesaver for me and especially someone who hates weaning, <laughs> did like weaning, don't really like cooking. So it has been the dream, especially being a busy mum with a business where actually it's probably not my, you know, top priority or it's because I don't really... Love it so much. So I can't wait for you to hear her story because what she has delivered is a unique offering in the market. It's every working mama's dream, and I also want you to hear her story, learn everything you need to know about building a brand and a product-based business, how to balance it all. I don't know how she does this, so I'm excited to find out. And the real behind the scenes of a mama on a mission. So hi Sophie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. What an intro. It's so good to be here. So good to have you. So tell us how it all started with Mama Maid and what your mission is with it.
1: I think it's, I felt very much the way that you felt about weaning. I hated it. I wanted more help with it. I wanted a lot more support than what I was finding. Um, you know, the pouches were helpful, but you don't necessarily want to make that your baby's entire diet. That didn't feel good to me. And I felt so guilty every time I turned to a pouch. And I just thought there has to be something better out there, like more fit for purpose for mothers who are busy who, you know, to have your options be this long life shelf stable pureed goo or to cook everything yourself just seemed so wrong for you know the 21st century so I started to just kind of play around with a better product from my home kitchen and yeah it's sort of taken off from there it's kind of crazy to look back and see how many parents you know love what we're doing
0: and and resonate with the product the same way that that you do. Well like you saw a gap in the market I guess and you went for it but like I want to know how you went for it because a lot of people have business ideas and I hear a lot of mums because I'm a business mentor and coach I hear a lot of mums that have these dreams and goals but they don't go for it or self-confidence holds them back or lack of self-belief so like tell us like how did you make that jump how did you just go for it?
1: It's so true about the confidence thing. And I'll be li- you know, I would be lying if I said it was a straight and narrow path to get from there to here. There was a lot of kind of false starts, a lot of doing it and then being like, oh, actually, no one really cares. I'm going to stop doing it. But I was just so convinced kind of the more I did it, how important this was. And I think that's a, real, a really important element is to just have that conviction in your vision and conviction in what you're doing. If you see a gap in the market and you feel like you've got a product idea that will fill that gap, then you know that better than anybody. Like I kept coming up against resistance. I did like people that were local to me in my area saying, well, you know, why do we need a product like this? Or are you still doing that thing with the vegetables? And I just knew like there have to be other parents like me who are not happy with the current offering. And so it kind of is a story of like, yeah, I just kept going until I found that person who was like me. And then yeah, it's been a few years and we've built a community of people like <laughs> like me and like you around this product. So I think it's just really, you know, having that vision and staying true to it and believe in yourself and what you're doing and not looking to anybody else for validation because that's not where it comes from.
0: Amazing. So when you had like those real moments of, I can't do this anymore, or nobody's going to buy this, or this isn't going to work. How did you move past that? There's a balance, right? Like, you
1: if you if it's a product that really nobody's nobody's buying and nobody wants, and there's no market for it, then you know, fine, you don't want to keep going. But I just knew that the baby market is so big. Like the amount that we spend on our babies, especially up until the age of like one and a half, two, is insane. Like I knew that as a parent, I was putting my baby in front of anything else. Like everything I was spending was on her. And yeah, I guess I just kept really strong to that conviction that there is a better way to feed babies. And part of it was looking at what was working well in other markets, you know, in other countries, how are people feeding their babies? Well, they're feeding their babies a lot better than we are here in the UK. So it's going to trickle over to the UK at some point. So it's finding a balance between, you know, if nobody wants your products, but in a market that's big enough, like the baby market, it was just like, I'm going to keep going until I I get to the right customer. And that's essentially what we've seen happen.
0: And how did you build this community of like-minded mums? Like, I'm so curious to know, because it's quite hard in this big wide world to find your ideal customer, to find your ideal clients. You have to go out and search for them. Like, what was your process in that?
1: I think the first step for me, and I'm curious, like your own experience with it was just being sort of like radically transparent like sort of just crazy open on the internet about why I was using this product and why I found it helpful and that meant opening up about postnatal depression it meant opening up about struggles of bonding with my daughter and giving more of an illustration around why I started this particular business and then learning from the people who were buying the product why why was it helping them why was it benefiting them and and using the language that they were then using to kind of explain the product to people who weren't using the product. And that's something that we still do now, we call it product language fit or language market fit. And really just kind of going deeper down into the people that are speaking about it in a way that feels kind of relevant to them. But yeah, also just being very open, (laughs) very open on the internet. And that creates an atmosphere of openness and authenticity and
0: people wanting to share. And people trust you. Like when you are like vulnerable and open, especially from a brand perspective, like especially from a product brand, like if you are sharing like the human person behind like you're the founder but you're a mum that's also struggled with her own mental health you're also someone who's overcome it so it's inspirational as well and aspirational so I think that probably is something that attracted people to you as well like that's definitely when I found out more about Mama Maid and then found out about you I was like more Interested, more trusting of the brand because of what you were sharing and how you just normalized it as well. And as we know, I mean, it's quite amazing how I think before the pandemic, really, how motherhood was not shared. There were people just literally putting the Insta Perfect family, the Insta Perfect baby pictures, the same, you know, dressing up in the same clothes as your baby or toddler, and, you know, these cute outfit pics, which are all great, but nobody was really sharing the reality. And it's only kind of people like, us that have gone, you know what, I need to see more people that I relate to. I need to see that I'm not the only person that struggled to bond with their baby or went through postnatal depression and overcome it. I would love to know from you, Sophie, like with your postnatal depression, if you're happy to talk about this, of course, how long did it last? How did you overcome it? Like what was the process for you? How did you know you had it?
1: It was a really long process for me with my first one to the extent that i don't i didn't really recognize that i had it or had had it until she was closer to one i had such a sort of textbook wonderful birth that i was kind of elated from i would say for a period of time after having her. But then there would be times when I just felt like, well, anybody else can take care of her. Every, anyone else would know better. I, I really struggled to bond with her. Um, and that became clear over like her whole first year. Basically, I was constantly looking for other people to look after her. I didn't feel particularly attached to her, but I didn't really think that much about it. I just thought like I'm not a natural or, or whatever it is. It's going to take me time to get used to being a mom. But I actually did end up going to counseling when she was about a year because I felt like I was really struggling to bond with her. And that was kind of like an eye opening moment of like, actually, this is pretty much textbook postnatal depression. So I wasn't like struggling to get out of bed. I wasn't necessarily like sad, but it was a real feeling of like not being able to cope with what I had on my plate. And yeah, just not really feeling like I was the best mother for her and I I really remember these feelings of thinking anybody else would be better suited to be her
0: mother and yeah it took a sort of yeah a full year to really process that that's what that was. Mm. And I totally relate to that as well like I used to have the same thoughts as well like Leo would be better off with somebody else who could actually be a mother or it's crazy especially when you reflect or look back and to where you are now and I just want to congratulate you as well because we don't congratulate ourselves enough for how far we've come, especially through adversity. And building a business, as I know, comes with a hell of a lot of adversity as well. So did you set up your business while you were going through this or was it after this?
1: The idea for it definitely came about while I was going through this. I think partly what it was, was because I was so detached from her in that way, I was quite obsessed with what I was doing as a mother and what she was then doing. Like I was extremely attached to routines and what she was, you know, was she sleeping? Was she settled? How was her napping? And so with weaning that became sort of magnified to the extent of like, am I doing this right? Like, am I doing this as perfectly as I possibly can and um, wanting to, you know, be that great mom because it didn't come naturally and sort of not appreciating that being a mom is actually more of like an emotional <laughs> response. I really saw it as like, let me do everything right. And so, yeah, the idea for Mama Made probably came out of that feeling of like, there's a right way to wean. I'm struggling to do it right. Let me come up with a business idea that will help people do it right. Obviously, you know, a few years later, I recognize there's no right and there's no wrong, but there is just that support element that remains. Um, so yeah, I, I guess the actual setting up of the business though, it definitely took longer than that. And Mama Made, as you see it now, was probably not launched until, you know, another year or year and a half after that.
0: Okay. So how long did it take from idea to actually launching, like to building it?
1: It took a while. Like, yeah, there were these sort of like spurts of energy where I would work out recipes and then sit with someone to kind of make sure they were good recipes. Or there was like a spurt of figuring out branding by working with a friend who was a graphic designer you know, spurts of doing research to figure out ingredients. But I wouldn't say I was like in an actual rhythm with it for like another nine to 10 months. But then I was like, okay, I'm going to devote like three days of my week to mama made. And then I really sort of started again with like, okay, what's like the website? What product am I doing? How am I selling this? And, and then once I started, it was like, well, I've started this and like quite publicly because I'm posting on Instagram. So I'm too embarrassed to stop it. So I'm just going to keep going. (laughs) And that's sort of what happened. And then it snowballed into like, oh my God, this is like, I can't stop this because people actually really want this and I'm actually enjoying this. So I'm going to keep going. And I guess there's still a feeling of that sometimes today. Like after having my son Arthur, again, I would say I was, I had sort of a lighter version of postnatal depression with him. And I really wanted to just quit mama made. I genuinely just wanted to like stay under my, you know, duvet all day. But again, I couldn't stop because, you know, you sort of come too far to have only come this far. And that was kind of a line that hung around me for a while.
0: Oh, God, that's incredible. So you had that moment of, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I've had those moments in my own business as well, because I have to show up even if I don't feel like it. I have to still, if I've said that I'm going to speak at an event, or if I said that I'm going to do a podcast interview, or I said that I was going to do an Instagram live, or any of these kind of you know, even in my membership, like I was unwell last week, the last thing I wanted to do was show up. But we still have to show up. And it's definitely a mindset thing as well. Like it's definitely you have to have quite a resilient, strong mindset in order to go no, come on, keep pushing through, keep going. So what was that thought process for you? How do you keep going when times are actually really tough you just literally want to be under your duvet
1: first of all it's like the hype people around you I do think that's really important as much as the kind of conviction and motivation does need to come from within like when you do have those dark moments you kind of do need the people around you to say like No, you cannot stop. So my husband was thankfully that for me. At the time, I thought he was like the most horrible person, like just being way too hard on me because I was like, I just had a baby. Why are you pushing me? But (laughs) I think it was like he recognized what, what this was and didn't want me to just stop. And so I think it's probably that, and as you say, it is that kind of mental resilience. It's knowing that you know what, let me push through this pain, like let me push through this feeling of like complete discomfort. Like this is not, yeah, exactly. It's just like I, it's I'm too tired to do this live. Like I'm too tired to to get on this Zoom call. But you know, like when you come through the other side, that feeling of like, okay, I've done it now, and it's not hanging over me anymore, and it's behind me, and. It's, it was worth it. Even if it wasn't worth it, I proved to myself that I can do things I don't want to do or things that I find difficult. And that in itself boosts your
0: confidence. That feeling of doing things you don't want to is actually really kind of empowering because you can like okay I did that and confidence you just said it is created in action like the more we do something the more that we push through it the more confident we get in that space so it's actually about pushing through the discomfort just as you said that's really really like good advice I think for anybody who is maybe thinking about starting a business or wanting to give up right now because we definitely have moments I know I've listened to podcast interviews as well and I'm like oh thank god that we have access to these resources and these people because they are the people that keep you going aren't they and like you said like the people who vibe you up so if you've got anyone that is kind of bringing you down or making you question your ability or making you think this isn't good enough or the product isn't good enough get rid like you don't need those toxic people in your life you need people an energy that are going to vibrate you and keep you going when you're feeling a bit like, oh, I want to quit. So I would also love to know, because I'm sure this has come with financial challenges, especially when building a product-based business where you need quite a lot of investment up front versus like myself, like a service-based business is very different. Like I yes, I have to invest in myself, but not in the same way as a product-based business. So I'd love to know from you how you've navigated that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, it's was been a lot of sacrifices the last few years. I stayed working in my job for a long time. Um, So Mama Made was very much a side hustle. Um, I remember like the first time I bought in bulk vegetables and it was like, I don't know, 300 pounds or something. And I just felt like, oh my God, like, okay, I guess if I don't sell these vegetables, we're just going to be eating frozen vegetables for like a year. And the same thing with like (laughs) filling my spare room with these deep chest freezers and thinking like, this is so much money on freezers. Okay. If mama Maid goes bust, like at least we have these freezers to sell and I'll be able to get some of the money back. So yeah, I guess I just kept thinking, like, what's the worst case scenario if this money disappears or, you know, if it just goes into nothing? And I guess luckily as a food business, we could have just eaten the food. And <laughs> yeah, it got to a point
0: just where... Have like, <laughs> just have just have a house full of vegetables everywhere, <laughs>
1: piling up. I love it. Giant boxes of carrots <laughs> and sweet potatoes. And like, what am I getting into? Like, what have I done? But yeah, like it was definitely putting in an amount of investment that if we had lost it, would not have broken us. And then, yeah, when it got to a point where we could no longer afford to do that, then bringing on outside investors has helped tremendously to get us to where we are.
0: So you have got investment, which I know this anyway, but how does somebody go about getting investment? Like, did you know the process before or did you have to learn it? I had
1: to learn it and I had to really like grind my way to get it. I'm really proud. That's probably one of the proudest things I am actually about proudest about that in the business Um, because it was really hard work. It became sort of my full-time job for a while. Um, It's meeting a lot of people, putting yourself out there in a way that was extremely uncomfortable, Um, learning to hear no uh, learning, you know, to accept that people aren't going to believe in what you're doing or they, you know, they don't share in your vision. And for me, it was a huge educational process of, developing a lot of these skills that, that you're, you know, you speak a lot about, about like mindset and positivity. And, and it was really about like learning how to bounce back from negative vibes really. And, and learn to kind of tweak my pitch, tweak my mindset around it, because ultimately it was a story that I was telling and I needed to bring people on board my vision. And if I wasn't clear my vision, then of course they weren't going to go come on board with me. So I learned a lot. And it was a lot of grinding, a lot of like, you know, if someone said no, it was like, okay, but then who can you introduce me to? Like, what door can you open for me? And being pushy in a way that I'm really not comfortable being. Yeah, I think it is that sort of fake it till you make it when it comes to confidence sometimes, especially in the financial world with raising money. It was a real like boys world that I just sort of had to like pretend. And then I, you know, end the day feeling very depleted because of course it's like a bit tiring to... (laughs) to not be your most authentic self. But in the end, yeah, it was successful for us. And I'm really excited about what that allows us to do.
0: Well And I can only imagine what that feeling was like when you heard the news, like you were getting like your first investment or, you know, people were coming on board. Like just talk us through that moment.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we raised two rounds of investment and definitely in that first round, there was this like feeling of imposter syndrome almost of like, oh my God, have I just like sold a scam you know because you're selling a future vision you're not selling like it's so different with investment and it's more like oh have i scammed all these people into to give me their money and then remembering like no this is what it is like you are running a business that's making money and has an audience and that's why they're investing in you and so i think for me it was yeah that definitely that feeling and then yeah a lot of like excitement around what we can then build with that money
0: I'm just going to quickly interrupt this episode to ask you a question. How do you balance cooking or weaning with the demands of a high-level job or running a business? I actually use a baby and toddler meal subscription service called Mama Maid. They are for busy working mums who want nutritional organic food for their baby and toddler delivered frozen to their door. This has honestly been a lifesaver for me. As a very busy working mum running a business... I'm gonna be honest. I'm too tired to cook, and sometimes I just really don't enjoy it. So no more stressing, no more worrying about meal times. This subscription service is every working mum's dream. And I've got an exclusive offer just on the podcast. You can get 25% off your first three Mama Made boxes with the code Mama Mission 25. So if you pop that in at the checkout, you get 25% off. I will leave the link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the episode. Oh, I love your story so much. I actually, something just come to mind as well is that, I mean, it must have been a challenge. Not only it's a challenge for female founders anyway, to, like you said, it's a boy's world and it's more of a struggle. And I've definitely heard a lot of women female founders say that it has, you know, gone against them. There's a lot of sexism. Uh, you know, there's a there's a big gap, isn't there, in terms of female founders and investment anyway. Um, I was listening to a different podcast, which was all about kind of female founders who are investing in other female products because of the lack of understanding from this big boy's world um, on the products or services that women want to put out there. So coming from... Not only you're a woman, but also you're a mum, which also that can probably come up against challenges. Would you say you had those challenges?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that, you know, it has the word mama in it. We'd have male investors say like, oh, but that's discriminatory against men. And the fact that our branding is quite pink and it'd be like, oh, how come you're only marketing to women I'm like, I have so many responses to this that, you know, it's pink is a neutral and and women anyway hold like 90% of the purchasing power in homes with children. Like why not market to half the population? Lots of things to say. So I would definitely get comments around that. Um, I definitely faced a lot more questions around like my qualifications to do this versus like men, um, I, particularly if it was like a public pitch event, which I've done a few of. I always felt like I was getting questions around my experience in a way that I didn't really warrant given like the traction that we've had so far, but yeah, I guess it's, it's sort of, I've found success in fundraising. Thanks to finding investors who do want to invest in women who do want to, um, and sometimes that's women investing in women, but uh, equally, there's a lot of men out there that are actively trying to invest in women. So yeah, I always say like, if there's an investor that says no to you or asks those kinds of questions, they're just not ever going to be the right kind of investor for you and better not to have their money. Yeah,
0: exactly. So find the, find the yeses, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and find the people that believe in you anyway. You want to work with people like that, right? That understand your vision and your mission in life. I want to know what is it like behind the scene? Like, let's lift the lid because on paper, you know, to the public, you're super successful. You're a female founder. You have launched a really successful business and you are growing and you are building an amazing community of mums. And you're doing such an awesome job But there's always a behind the scenes. Like, what does that look like with raising children and running a business?
1: Yeah, I think I sometimes joke that there's like internet Sophie and then there's real world Sophie. And like real world Sophie is actually like extremely shy and extremely insecure. And so it's sort of like... I've, I still battle with like, you know, at school pickup saying to my husband, oh, but like, so-and-so was like, you know, doing this and their house is so clean and they meal plan and I don't meal plan. And he's just like, look at what you're doing. I go, yeah. So I think it's so easy to fall into this trap of like not being a good enough mom and not being a good enough partner. And I'm definitely like every day actively trying to correct that um, and actively trying to like pull myself back from my insecure thoughts because, yeah, I, I sometimes feel very detached from what's happening in the business and happening online with the business in particular. Like even though I'm sharing everything on the internet, <laughs> it doesn't feel like me necessarily.
0: Yeah, do you feel like you've kind of got a business alter ego?
1: Yeah, like I'm. my daughter's just started school. So like I'm meeting moms for the first time and they'll be like, oh, but I feel like I know everything you did this weekend. I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm really shy. <laughs> like I, I think it's like when they when they <laughs> when I'm a bit maybe quiet, it's like it comes across as standoffish or something because of course I am sharing a lot online, but I do feel
0: like it's sort of two different people. But then I would even say the same for me, as in I sometimes I actually am quite an ambivert so I can be an introvert but then at the same time my job requires me to show up and be out there and if I don't put myself out there then I don't get work and I don't get you know the return and it, the same goes for you like when you are building a business you have to be your own PR you have to show up on sh- social media every single day because it just comes with the territory and to be honest if you don't people will forget you and you get left behind and that unfortunately that's just the way that the world runs on social media online now doesn't it so you have to get yourself out there and like you said at the beginning of this podcast is that you have to put yourself into uncomfortable positions like I don't necessarily love speaking at events I've had to do it and do it and do it to build confidence and now I love doing it like I'm getting so much better so with like your business and showing up on social media, like what has been your strategy? Because a lot of a lot of mums, a lot of people who want to set up businesses really struggle with the social media side. They're like, I don't I don't want to show up. I don't want people to judge me. So what would you say to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a few things. First of all, I'm not nearly as consistent as I'd like to be. Like I look at at you and I'm like, oh, I'd just love to push myself that much more. I'm not, I'm very inconsistent. And I go in and out of periods of feeling like very open to sharing everything and then also feeling quite private. And then maybe later sharing what I've been feeling private about. And I guess I've stopped worrying a while ago about growing a following and starting to really just engage with the people that I do have. I'm speaking particularly about my personal page rather than like mama maids page and just trying to be as authentic as I can be, whatever that looks and feels like. And what I find is that I'm striking up amazing like relationships with people over DM, which sounds so bizarre, but like, actually it's like quite an amazing phenomenon. I think, especially for moms where we're so disconnected and sometimes scrolling on our phones late at night, like to be able to build that feeling over a phone is just incredible. So yeah, my strategy is really just connections, like build connections. And what, what do you need for that? You need to be open. You need to be giving. Cause then when you are giving in that way, people engage with that, I guess. And then, yeah, not, I remember I saw like Anna Whitehouse, mother Pucka, speak at something like a few years ago and she just sort of like not shamed the audience, but just kept saying like, it's a free marketing tool. Why would you not show up on it? every single day. And that that definitely weighs on my mind all those days when I'm like, I don't feel like it, can't be bothered. It's like, no, that's, as you say, it's like a, I have to for my business. Like I have
0: to show up because there's this amazing tool
1: that allows me to do that.
0: Yeah, I love that. And there's something that I always say as well is that when I'm feeling in that way, I have to come from a place of service versus getting up, so caught up in my own emotions and my own head and my own feelings. Because when we're there, we then can't come from a place of service. And at the end of the day, the reason why you're doing your business, the reason why I'm doing my business is to serve, to help, to actually know that, you know, for mums to not to know that they are not alone in, you know, what they're either going through or to know that they have a solution as well to go to. And I think that's really important. That shifts me from in my own head to come on get out of it this is for them and I think that's really important as well because that is something that we are trying to do as business owners as well that who are trying to help I would love to know as well from you because you mentioned it kind of earlier but mum guilt do you believe in it I believe it's very real
1: and I don't think it's as easy as just saying stop it you know like it's a very real feeling and I would say all I've learned over my four and a half years of being a mother is that you can learn to sit with it and it's not a comfortable feeling but you can learn to coexist with it and kind of soften it a bit by reminding yourself why you're doing what you're doing and reminding yourself that there is no perfect parent and engaging with people like yourself who are constantly showing you the kind of there's no one's nailed it. There's no right. There's no wrong. It's just responding to your own child and I've had to work around that myself and kind of always weighing up, you know, where where am I needed most, my business or my family? And then you get work guilt as well. So it's just learning how to sit, I guess, with those feelings and soften
0: them a bit around the edges. That's so interesting you brought that up. I was actually having a conversation with another influencer in my DMs because I mentioned when I got unwell, I get work guilt. I get like I'm letting people down or I'm letting myself down. And actually for me, work guilt is actually bigger than mum guilt. I don't really get mum guilt. I don't really believe in it. I think I definitely know it's a thing and it's definitely emotions and feelings that mums feel all the time, but I'd love for you to expand on the working guilt because especially as mums who are either building a business or you know working a side hustle, like how do you deal with work guilt?
1: Yeah, I guess it is it is that feeling of like, oh, am I not doing enough? And especially now that our business has grown, it's like, am I not paying enough attention to this person? Did I poorly manage that situation? I'm not delivering on this. And again, I guess it's the similar situation of like, okay, taking a step back, like what what can I control? What can I not control? And kind of giving yourself a pep talk, like, you know, you're doing the best you can. Like, it's not easy to parent and run a business. It's not easy to to juggle. Like, it's not. It's just not. And some people are better at it. But I think it's something that you can develop, but it doesn't stop being a juggle. It's always like plates in the air. And so I think it was during the pandemic, someone somewhere had shared like something that, you know, said it's about finding out which plates are glass and which are rubber. And what can you let break if it falls? And what can you just let fall because it won't break? And that's now sort of how I come to every day with work and with my family and with work, I guess what I have the privilege of doing now that I have a team is to kind of try to build a culture of openness about what is required of me as a parent. And so that hopefully makes it feel a little bit less bad about clocking out, let's say at you know, one o'clock on a Thursday because my daughter's nursery is shut and just being really open about all the different ways in which I'm being pulled. And creating that transparency, I guess, also helps.
0: I love to hear that because actually I think a lot of founders need to be more transparent with their colleagues, their employees, because that also creates the culture, doesn't it? And actually then when you have that authenticity, people trust you more and they want to work harder for you and they love you more. So I love hearing that. I mean, work kids life balance which is something I feel like we're all juggling and you've got relationships in there as well really can make a lot of mums feel overwhelmed so like how best can you find balance and I'd love to know as well with weaning how can you wean and work because I found that really difficult which is why I, I, I was like yeah sold mama made and also Sophie I haven't shared this with you yet actually something just come into my mind I remember saying to Matt in my kitchen saying someone needs to invent like a hello fresh but for babies because we were doing that at the time because I was too tired to cook and it's so funny because I hadn't come across you yet because we hadn't really started. We'd only just started the in, And then I was like, oh, someone's actually done this idea. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, that was exactly my reaction. It's like I can
1: deliver a meal for myself but not for my baby. Like, how is that happening? <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I think it's just taking away that urge, if you have it, to do things right or to be perfect. like. I kind of was joking that my son Arthur was a little bit of a science experiment because he literally only had mama made for the first six months of his life. Like those six months coincided with some <laughs> of the busiest months for the business, and I was not cooking. I did not cook for him. I, maybe I mashed an avocado once or twice, but I did not cook. And I think just allowing yourself not to do that. <laughs> like I think, yeah, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses as parents, and I've learned to just except that I'm not skilled at certain things that other moms are skilled at. I am no good at clean, keeping a clean house. I cannot. So we have prioritized you know, some money each week to go for a cleaner because I have a much clearer headspace when we have a cleaner and I'm not good at it. And so I think, if, yeah, it's kind of figuring out where your strengths are, I know I've got, I bring other things to the table for my kids and knowing that your worth isn't attached to these actions and you're not a bad parent for outsourcing things like weaning. That's why we're here, literally.
0: And I mean, not even just because obviously you do toddler meals as well now, don't you? Because Leo's moved on to toddler. So he was on the baby meals like when I was weaning. I don't know when technically weaning stops, like as in the word, but I, like we've moved on to toddler in toddler meals and they're really easy because you can literally just pop them in the microwave can't you 30 seconds I'm like oh my god there you go and it's like nutritious meal like I don't have to worry about him eating the right nutrients which actually stresses me out
1: yeah no but it is stressful because you're responsible for another like human being so it's normal that it's stressful and it's like get the support where you can find it um, some moms love that kind of challenge and and some moms don't. And there's no right and there's no wrong.
0: So I'd love to know what your future plans are for Mama Maid.
1: We want to keep developing tools that parents will find useful and helpful. Um, really becoming that support system for the modern parent. So building out more like digital resources, more of our um, support resources and the actual like products that are relevant. So coming out with um, different lines and different products um, beyond just the meals that we have at the moment to, yeah, carry on that support that we offer. So we really have big goals in terms of um, the size that we'll become both here in the UK and then abroad. And yeah, I'm excited to just keep
0: going for it. That is so exciting. I'm excited to hear what you are going to do. Before we kind of like come to the end of this lovely chat, which I've really, really enjoyed, I'm very passionate myself about helping mums see they can be whatever they want to be after they have kids Um, there's a lot of blocks and a lot of belief systems that keep a lot of mums stuck and don't believe that they can have what they want whether that is building a business or creating a side hustle making money online but I want mums to know that they can have like more freedom more flexibility have more control over their finances Like, what is your best piece of advice, like something that you wish you knew that you would love to share with any mom that's considering this?
1: Yeah, I think it's how learnable these skills are. I mean, before I started Mama Maid, I would not have considered myself a confident person. I never would have thought I'd have the like mental resilience to keep doing this. Like, I do not fit the profile of a traditional entrepreneur but I've been very fortunate to work with amazing coaches, you know, people like yourself, and um, finding the right resources and to learn how to operate in this way. So yeah, I guess that's my main message: is this is learnable, and don't let you know what other people tell you you can or can't do. Not to worry about anybody but yourself, and know that you can improve yourself. And if those people from your past don't come along with you for that ride, like that's fine.
0: But the focus is you in your life. Amazing. I think that's such sound advice and one that, I think most people need to listen to and I agree a lot of skills you end up learning and actually getting yourself a coach I mean (laughs) or a mentor you know I've always had a, a coach or a mentor in my life and especially when I built a business I needed a business mentor because I didn't know how to get to there so it's actually leaning on people who have been there or done it and actually going okay this is my mission but I don't know how to get there so actually why don't I I, you know, do invest in someone who can help me to do that as well, and that can help me get there faster. So I think that's really, really something to consider. So, is there anything else you would love to share that you wish you knew before starting a business? I think it's just that. I think it's The
1: reward is worth it, you know, that it's difficult. I'm not going to glorify the graft, like it's hard work and it's challenging. And I have not nailed any kind of work-life balance, but I feel very fulfilled (laughs) in what I'm doing. And I am proud of myself that I have developed the skills that this job requires. And yeah, I think it's, as you say, work with a coach, find the mentors, like find your hype people and put yourself in the driver's seat. That's sort of the main things I've learned
0: at least. Amazing. Well, you've been an amazing guest and I've learned so much from you and I'm sure so many listeners will have too. Can you tell us where everyone can find Mama Maid and also find you personally if they want to find out more about the business and more about you? So our main channel really is our Instagram. So at Hello Mama Made. For
1: me personally, for more of the behind the scenes stuff, that's at Sophie M. Barron. And then all of our products are available at mamamadefood.com
0: amazing thank you for being an incredible guest and also being my first guest for season three which is so exciting and i'm gonna leave all of the details for mama made and any discounts or offers for you in the show notes so please do check that out and you know try mama made because if you are a busy working mum and you need a solution and you are fed up of trying to scramble together meals and this is the solution for you so thank you Sophie thank you Charlotte thanks so much Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love it if you would subscribe and leave me a review and tell me what you loved about the episode because this helps more mums. And as a special thank you, I will send you a free resource which is the Get Shit Done Mama Productivity Planner to help you feel more organized, more motivated and inspired on a daily basis. All you have to do is leave me a review on Apple iTunes and send a screenshot over to info at charlottejonesy.com and we'll send you a free copy see you in next week's episode lots of love and light you're listening to mama on a mission
2: everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in